This is Tom with a full-time real estate photographer, episode 5, The Law of Diminishing Returns. So, what is the law of diminishing returns? Why is this a podcast episode? Well, I've heard this idea and I've heard the name from a few different sources over the years. I don't even remember who... Um, I'm sorry for not being able to credit you. It's not something that you can easily go and look up and find one definitive source. But the idea, the law of diminishing returns, is based off of your return of investment, in this case, photography equipment and gear and any other thing that you might buy or need to use in your business. Now, this law is actually true across all industries, all businesses, even hobbies. This is something that we have to deal with on a daily basis in our lives. It's something that's kind of self-intuitive once we are, you know, familiar with it um, in explicit terms. The law of diminishing returns means the more money you spend, the less you're getting in return. At first, this is counterintuitive. I know you're, you're thinking, okay, look, the difference between a bicycle and a $30,000 car, like, yeah, there's a price gap, but you're spending more and you're getting a lot more. Yes, but the difference between a $30,000 car and a $40,000 car isn't that great. And the difference from a $40,000 to a $50,000 car is even less. We know this in photography as the inverse square law when it comes to lighting. At the light source, your output is 100%. You go out, say, a foot, you're at 50%. You go out two feet, 25%. You go out four feet, it's half of that. Every time you double your distance, you go down in light power or intensity by one half. And this is an important concept in lighting, but it's also an important concept as in, t in terms of the law of diminishing returns in investment and in equipment and in running our business. Okay, so what am I talking about? Spending more money does not directly at a one-to-one -one ratio mean you're getting more value out of your equipment. And it diminishes the higher you go. Okay, so the first dollar that you spend on something it has the greatest impact. The second dollar, a little bit less. And the third dollar, a little bit less. So eventually, yes, you're getting way more for $100 than for your first $1. But the difference between 0 to 1 and 1 to 100, it shrinks at the higher you go. So... When I say the first dollar that you spend has the most impact in the photography world, there's very few things that actually cost one dollar. I, I think I had a little lanyard and for you know like a little wristlet thing that I got for my camera, and that was more than a dollar, just a piece of string, right? So, in reality, we're talking about hundreds or thousands of dollars. Now, if you have nothing, 
at all. If you have no camera in your hand, not even a decent camera on your smartphone, say you've you know been living under a rock for the last decade and you don't even have a good camera on your phone. So even taking your first step from nothing to say a point and shoot camera, right? Like a $200 little travel camera, that's going to be a huge difference in your capabilities for, for, for taking pictures in, in general, just across the board, better resolution, better dynamic range, more features, more control over what you can do. Um, it's a big difference. That first little $200 uh, point and shoot. So let's go to up to your next level, like your entry DSLR, DSLM, right? So you're going from $200 to say five or $600. Now, are you getting, if you doubled in price or even more than doubled in purchase price, you're, you're spending more than twice the amount of money. Are you getting more than twice the amount of image quality, more than twice the amount of features? Doubling your investment doesn't necessarily double your return. And if you're a really skilled photographer, you know you don't have to spend twice the amount of money to get really great results. There's a lot more features, intangible features, that you need to master as a photographer to get amazing results. The camera by itself doesn't do it. Obviously, higher-end cameras help, and some of them can get you to places that you couldn't get otherwise. But the point is that that first entry-level camera has a huge advantage over nothing and then spending twice the amount of money you're not exactly getting twice the camera okay your your image resolution is a bit bigger your dynamic range is a bit better maybe your colors straight out of camera is a little bit better but i mean we should be shooting in raw so that if if you can have a good eye for color or you, you know how to correct it that shouldn't be a huge issue um the camera even though it's more expensive, isn't giving you double the results. Because if you've got a camera in your hands already, having a slightly better camera isn't going to give you a dramatic change in image quality. So you're spending more money. You're getting an improvement. I mean, let's not ignore or diminish that. I mean, you are taking a step up, but it's not uh, 100% increase in image quality and camera and you know things that you can do if you go from your entry level dslr dslm to a prosumer level right so okay you you got your five six hundred dollar camera now you're going to go for like a thousand fifteen hundred dollar camera are you really getting double of an increase in image quality and all of these other things that we mentioned not really. Now, when it comes to specifically real estate photography, I mean, and if you've been in it for a while, you know a lot of agents try to get by with just like crappy phone photos. Um, if you look at a lot of real estate photos and then you see the difference between the realtors who are taking pictures by themselves who have no photography experience or knowledge, they're just shooting with their phones. The difference between the photos you're seeing on MLS that have been taken from realtors that went from phones to entry-level 
DSLRs, the actual improvement in 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 the photography isn't that noticeable. You know what I mean? Like, and spending a lot of money on a camera isn't going to give them a massive increase in image quality. Classic example of this is I have a couple of clients who had bought uh, the Canon 1DX Mark IIs when they came out, very expensive camera, and then they bought a super wide angle prime lens, also very expensive from Canon, and their images did not look that great. And they didn't understand why, and they're you know, it, the, this is why the law of diminishing returns is so important because it helps us think about things in a way when it comes to business that is going to help us get the most bang for our buck. A lot of us get this this itch or this this little fire underneath us that says, you know, oh man, we got to get that next, the newest, the best thing that we can. We got to upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. As soon as something comes out, we got to buy into all the hype. We got to buy the new product and then sell the old thing to whoever or just let it dust, collect dust somewhere, right? It's the wrong way to think about it. If you are a photographer who is in business, you need to understand the law of diminishing returns. You need to understand that the more money you spend, yes, you're going to get incremental improvements in photography quality overall, but you're not going to get the same level of improvement as you know going from nothing to your first entry level camera or going from shooting all ambient to introducing a flash. If you spend an extra thousand or two thousand dollars, you're not going to get such dramatic results as you're going to see dramatic decreases in your bank account. And this is a really important business concept overall, because as photographers, you need to focus on your craft. You need to focus on your composition and your lighting much more than you need to focus on your equipment. We only need the equipment that's just good enough to get the job done. As long as we can drag out the overall image quality that we need, we're good. You don't need a 50 megapixel sensor if you're down-resing all of your photos to, what, 2,000 pixels on the long edge when you're delivering them to the clients. You can't give people huge photos because a lot of, when it comes to real estate photography, a lot of agents don't even have the bandwidth on their home computers to like download and then re-upload the files to MLS. Even the 2000 pixel on the long edge, I mean, that's what I do. I just, I downres everything 2000 on the long edge. And then I send that to my clients for MLS. They use those for prints. They use those for mailers. They use them for online ads. So if you're doing architectural photography and it's going to get, you're getting these things that are going to be blown up and super high resolution uh, prints and then, you know, the people are going to be looking at it with a magnifying glass. That's different. Yeah, you're going to need that resolution. I mean, you know, high resolution sensors are mostly good for like super sharp images after a really big crop. Uh, and that's handy for, you know, so many reasons. When it comes to real estate, you don't really need to crop in all that much. In fact, you kind of want to shoot wider. There are times when you want to be more zoomed in, but if you're spending thousands of dollars on a camera and then, you know, you're, you're taking these raw files that are so big 
and cumbersome. They take forever to transfer on from the SD card onto your drives, and they take forever to process in Lightroom and Photoshop. And you know, I'm not saying forever, but I mean relatively. Even like brand new computers can have a tough time when you're taking hundreds and hundreds of super high resolution photos. More storage space, more time processing. What's your time worth, right? You spent money on the camera, now you're spending money, your time, your time is money, on transferring files, managing files, uploading them onto whatever file management you're using and then sending them to the agent. And then the agent has to spend time. I mean, you deal with this for a little while and then you realize, oh, I have to down-res my images because it's it's wasting time and storage space. So that means you're getting all this resolution from these big fancy cameras and you're not even really using it. Okay, I get it. We can make arguments for why you do want that. And if you've got it, it is so nice. I get it. I mean, being able to pull shadows out of just the black abyss and then just getting nice, clean, sharp, no noise, almost no noise details, that's a beautiful thing. But with real estate photography, if you're lighting your space properly, you don't need to really have that much dynamic range. So you're spending all this money and you're getting less of a return. You are getting incremental improvements, like I said, but one extra dollar does not equal one extra dollar in return. And that's something that we need to keep in mind as business owners, as entrepreneurs, even if we work as photographers for someone else, we wanna put as much money in our pockets as we can. And if we're spending money on equipment, we need to understand why, and we need to know that we're gonna be able to put that cash back into our pockets. We're not going to spend thousands of dollars on something and then never be able to pay it off or never be able to make it worthwhile. And you know what I'm talking about. How many people buy super expensive pro-level gear and barely use it? Or they turn around and they sell it at a loss. In business, as photographers, it's easy to say, well, I'm in business, I'm going to make all this money back, I'm going to pay it off. Well, okay, even if you make enough money to pay it off, let's think about this. Let's think about this. When it comes to drone photography, if you want to get into that sort of thing, the difference from having no drone to buying your first drone is big. If you are unable to provide any drone photography to your clients, then, you know, right there is zero. But when you buy your first drone, even if it's not the best drone, being able to offer that as a service and then charge a little bit for it, that's something, right? So a lot of people will say, well, now if I buy something like the Inspire 2, which is thousands of dollars, I'm going to make all that money back. Okay, maybe you will. But if you're thinking like a prudent business person, you're thinking of the diminishing law of returns. Well, if I spend $6,000 on a drone, am I going to get $6,000 back in image quality and in business? Yeah, maybe. What if you spent 1000 or 16, 1700, whatever it is. Don't get the biggest drone 
for real estate photography what if you got the phantom four and and we're talking about dji drones by the way um and we're talking about dji drones because they're as far as i'm concerned the best in the market maybe there's some good com competition out there but as far as uh, reliability and usability is concerned i don't even want to try anybody else i mean if something else comes along sure but the Phantom 4 Pro is significantly cheaper than the Inspire 2. Now you're still spending money on a drone and you can charge the same amount of money for your drone photography. Of course, if you've got the Inspire, I mean, maybe you could use the physical drone to justify higher prices, uh, but good luck getting people to pay the higher prices because like I said, most of us are down resing our images anyway as long as you can provide good enough image quality the realtors the sellers and the buyers are happy so if you're going to spend that first thousand dollars on a drone big difference but to go from one to six ah yeah, you're getting a better drone. I mean, you know, you can, can fly in more adverse weather conditions. You can get better image quality out of the, what do they call it? The Zenmuse camera. You also, it's a, there's, there's an interchangeable camera and interchangeable lens system on that drone. So, you know, maybe you could do infrared, you could do other things, sure. But for real estate photography, if you spend that first thousand dollars and you make that thousand dollars back in a couple of weeks, now you are going in the right direction but if it takes you that much longer just to break even on your equipment when you didn't need to why it's not a good business decision a lot of people will say well but i want it and i like it and i'll pay it off anyway okay if you're running a business and you're aware of the law of diminishing returns you're aware that just because you're spending more money it doesn't mean you're going to get more back and you're fine with it okay you know i'm i'm not going to stop you i don't think anyone will especially not the manufacturer but if you don't absolutely need to spend the extra money why don't you think of how can i spend the least amount to get the biggest impact on my business. And I keep talking about this and I'm gonna keep talking about this. This is so important. I meet photographers all the time that just, a young, a young man I met uh, just a couple weeks ago, he's telling me he's gonna buy this brand new thing that just came out. Um, this year that I'm recording this, it's 2018. Uh, Blackmagic announced the Blackmagic Pocket or Mini or, you know, like a DSLM form factor um, video camera. And it's supposed to be just amazing. It, just like every new product is, right? Everything gets hyped up. Well, well, he was into the hype. He said, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pre-order it. And in our, in our conversation, I'm like, okay, well, what are you using now? And he's, he's using, you know, some mirrorless cameras. What are you shooting primarily? He does mostly wedding videos. And I'm like, okay, so you're doing great work as is. You're making money with your stuff that you've got. 
how many weddings are you doing? And he wasn't that busy, right? So every dollar counts whether you're making $10,000 a month or $150,000 a month in sales. And at any level, it matters. Just because you're making money doesn't mean you have to spend it. And if you can get away with and maybe I shouldn't say get away with, if you can produce top-notch quality with something that would other people would consider, you know, a lower-end product, why wouldn't you do that? Because now, once you make the money back, you do it that much faster, and then every dollar afterwards is profit. So you start to profit sooner. You start to make more money for your time invested. You don't become like a slave to your equipment. And a lot of people get stuck in this trap. We need to be aware of the law of diminishing returns. And this isn't just with cameras. I've been talking about cameras. This is true with, uh, let's say, lights. Lighting is so important in real estate photography and I did a whole episode on just buying and using flash if you haven't heard it uh, you can look back a few episodes listen to it it's it's flash is a big deal and <laughs> your first flash doesn't need to be that great if you go from just ambient and HDR which that's how I started that's how a lot of other people start um, if you just start doing HDR and you're kind of dabbling in real estate, that first flash that you buy and incorporate into your workflow makes a massive difference, night and day difference. My first flash was a $30 Amazon Basics, just like the 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 next step down was like the pop-up flash on the camera and and if if you know anything about taking photography in general you know not to use that flash that flash is basically only good for uh optically triggering other flashes don't even try to use it to light your subjects please but the, you know that I mean it's it's just a little light that blinks when you trigger it and it's not too bright you don't get very good spread the battery does not last my god I, I went through and I use rechargeable batteries too and that thing was so inefficient but it made an amazing difference going from no flash to $30 flash big difference now, when I upgraded and I bought some little $70 speed lights, going from $30 to $70, I did see an improvement. I was able to get more flash power, faster recycle times. The batteries magically lasted longer. I had a couple other features, but I never used them. When it comes to flash, like I said, listen to the episode if you're not sure. Go manual. Uh, I cover it in that episode. but. You know, the, I did get an improvement, but it wasn't like, what's the difference between $30 and $70, right? It's more than double. I didn't get more than double of an improvement in my lighting. 
a lot of the lighting depends on you, the photographer, where you place the light, how you use it. So just because I spent more money doesn't mean I got that much more. Now, I also talk about another flash that I use on 100% of my photo shoots. It's the, the Godox 8200. That's a 300 and change dollar light. Going from a $70 light to a $300 light. The gap got narrower and narrower. The difference wasn't all that great. Yes, okay, I get way more flash power and I get way more full power flashes. I get a fast recycle time. That is a wonderful light. I don't want to diminish that light at all. My God, that thing is so handy. But $70, $300, I didn't get four or five times an improvement in light. I got a big improvement, you know, um, in flash power, right? Like, what is it supposed to be like three times brighter than a flash, than, than, than your regular speed light? You know, it was a remarkable improvement, but it wasn't exactly the same margin as the investment. The gap gets narrower. So if I were to go from say an AD200 to an AD600, to go from a $300 flash to a $600 flash, am I getting double the results? Not necessarily. Yes, you're getting more flash power. In the real estate photography world, that's not that big of a deal because you can just carry the flash, do some light on a stick action, and just do more flash frames or do more long exposure flash frames for your bigger rooms, or just do a couple flash frames with higher ISO and then do your window pulls. Like you can use the AD200 and do these massive spaces and do a good job. If you had the AD600, you'd have less frames to work with. Your workflow would be faster, but not twice as fast. So the law of diminishing returns. This is an important idea to really internalize, not just kind of be aware of it and think about it, but I mean to guide the way you do business with this, to know that just because I could spend more, it doesn't mean that I should. We need to think about how can we use this to our advantage? How can we focus on the improvement in the overall result that we're looking for, not on the investment in dollars? Great example of this is buying used equipment. If you want to use Apple products and be in the Apple ecosystem, I mean, all power to you. I mean, that's me, right? I've got the watch, the phone, the, the iMac, the multiple laptop, like I've got it all. and. I love it, but Apple products are crazy expensive or compared to PC or Android of, of you know equal standing. You get so much for your dollar, but if you were to go and buy stuff used, which I do all the time, I used to just, man, I would always buy new everything. But then when you learn about the law of diminishing returns, when you really internalize this idea, the difference between a brand new piece of equipment and something that's maybe a year old, that's been well taken care of, but is used, the difference in price is great. And I mean that in both ways. It's great like there's a large difference and great is in, wow, that's great, what a good deal. 
because you can buy some powerful equipment for very low prices relative to buying it new at the store. So you can get a really great result for not spending a whole lot of money. So what I mean here is the difference between a brand new MacBook Pro, which is like $4,000 these days, that's a great machine. There's nothing wrong with that machine. And, and you get $4,000 worth of performance out of it. And I know, okay, this, we got our PC people out there. Look, you could spend that much money and get something that would just, you know, they'd be like on another planet level in the, in the PC world. But for Apple users, wow, well, that, that's a nice machine. Now, if you are going to spend money on something for your business. You do want a good, reliable piece of equipment. What if you went on eBay or the Facebook marketplace or just ask around amongst your friends, put a flyer up on a college dorm? Like, what if you actually kind of poked around to see, hey, is anybody interested in selling their machine? Because you can use this lot to your advantage. A lot of people, like I said before, will buy the biggest and bestest thing that they can possibly get their hands on they barely use it they're buying way too much they think oh my god a four thousand dollar computer it's gonna make me so good at doing my homework <laughs> right like the difference is that great you the user experience is different and yes obviously there's objective differences in the performance between like a library computer and the and the and the macbook pro but I bought a used MacBook Pro for under $2,000. It was a couple of years old. It had top specs. It had everything like the expanded um, solid state drive, the, the upgraded chip, and some college kid bought it, got it for school, um, barely used it. So he was selling it at a huge loss because he was just lugging that thing around and it was just, it was such a waste for him. He went and he bought like a, I don't know, he said he was getting a MacBook Air or something like that. You can find those people that ignore the law of diminishing returns and get burned who realize that they wasted their money and they need to move on or who spend all their money on this gear and then they've got no money. Now they've got to sell it. That's where you come in because you can take advantage of the law of diminishing returns. You can find a great deal on some good equipment, some amazing equipment. You can save your dollars, make them work hard for you and help you make money. And you can get so much farther than you could before because really, when you're in business, when you're trying to make money on your own, it's all about making the right kind of financial decisions. Business is all about cash flow. Photography, you know, it's an art. And for a lot of people, it's a lifelong passion. And that's wonderful. But if you're trying to feed yourself and your family, in my case, my family, my mortgage, two car payments, phones, like, you know, vacations, like that's not going to take care of itself. 
and as the sole income source for the entire household, you know, you, you need to make these kinds of decisions. If you have a lot of financial support, use it. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful place to be. But if you're trying to run a business and you want it to become a career, or if you just want it to support your life, you want to internalize this law of diminishing returns when you're making decisions about buying and using equipment. You don't want to spend a whole lot of money and not get every single drop of it back times 10 because that's what business is about. You take something and you put your time and your expertise and your labor into it and you magnify whatever the investment might have been. That's the whole point of business. You become really good at something that creates a lot of value for other people. Don't take away from the value that you're giving others by putting yourself under a ceiling of debt or by just digging into your profits and your income unnecessarily if you don't need to because the more you spend it doesn't mean you're getting more back we need to be efficient with our money and with our time and that's my piece on the law of diminishing returns i've got a couple housekeeping items for you guys today um but that's the end of the law of diminishing returns so if you don't care about the housekeeping issues you can tune out now okay housekeeping i have set up a email address for the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, hate mail, you can send them to this address. It is fulltime real estate photographer at gmail.com. I know it's quite a mouthful and I apologize for the lengthy email. But if you cut it in you while you type all that out to send the email, I think that your messages would probably warrant a follow-up. So I've got a whole big list of podcast episodes that I want to do. But if anyone is listening to this has specific questions or issues or any kind of comments, um, if they're appropriate, I'll read them on the next shows or future follow-up shows. Um, please, uh, please let me know if you have an alias you'd rather go by. Otherwise, I'll just, you know, say your name so you know when you listen to the episode who it is. Okay, next. The Full-Time Real Estate Photographer podcast is now going to be a satellite to a much more comprehensive body of work. I have been working on for the last, oh God, months now a course it's a multimedia course video audio some uh pdf documents worksheet type deal uh to teach people to teach photographers how to get into the real estate photography business how to build a photography business if you've got one how to start from zero and i'm talking about like you don't even know how to use a camera that's what i mean starting from zero so i'm doing everything from uh, equipment buying guides camera tutorials composition tutorials lighting tutorials prospecting for new business i've talked about a lot of these things on this podcast i'm going to be doing video and including some other things in depth um 
I'll give you an example. When we're talking about equipment buying guides, um, just this very week that I'm recording this podcast, and we're in um, the last week of October 2018, I went on the Facebook marketplace. I found a good deal on some camera equipment. I messaged the guy back and forth, set up a time to meet and do the deal. I bought the stuff off of him. I'm going to be including screenshots of the text conversation and I'm going to show the equipment itself. Um, it's going to be everything, right? How do you get your stuff and get a good deal? The equipment that I bought was worth over $1,000. Do you think I paid over $1,000? I'll tell you all about it in the course and how to do even better because the reality is the less money you can spend and the more money you can make in the end that's just better business. That's sustainable business. That's how you can really grow and build a career with your photography and with your photography alone. That's the full-time real estate photographer course. Not out yet. I'm going to start pre-selling the class. I'm looking at like a January 1st um, launch date for everyone. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it more in the future and as we develop. So anyone has any interest in the class or like some details about it would really appreciate um, any input that you guys got. Like I said, you can contact me at full-time real estate photographer at gmail.com. All of those words are spelled correctly. If you're not sure what the spelling is on real estate photographer, you can just look it up. Comments, questions, anything like that would be greatly appreciated. Love to engage you guys and uh, provide even more value with, with uh, you know specific things that are on your mind. And for the course, if you've got any interest, even if it's like maybe you'd think about considering taking it, let me know. We might even be able to jump on a on a live phone call if you want to talk to me in person about stuff like that. So. Uh, can reach me at that email. I've got it hooked up to my phone, so it's not like it's not like uh, DJI customer service. If you've ever bought a DJI drone, my God, those machines are wonderful. But good luck trying to get anybody from the manufacturing side. Um, <laughs> and you know, in the equipment buying guide, we'll talk about uh, where you want to actually buy equipment, so you don't have to deal with crazy customer service issues like that. You know, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be great. So I want to thank everybody for your time. Look forward to connecting with you all in the next episode. This has been the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 5, Law of Diminishing Returns.